I'm Dawn. And I'm Tracy. And we are Real Women. Hello, Dawn. Hello. How are you today? Uh, happier to see the sun shining. I know, it's gorgeous, isn't it? Bloody freezing last night up here in the north, though. But hey-ho, there you go. So exciting today because we've got a gentleman that you know, but I've never met. And he is very high up in a little organisation called the Freemasons, which I always thought was only for men. But I guess that's going to get uncovered today. What do you reckon, Dawn? Yeah, so uh, Carl Sams, uh, we know each other from the martial arts community. We've known each other a couple of decades now, um, and 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 I, I have a lot of respect for him. And and Freemasonry is something that we have had. Both Carl and I have got very dry sense of humour. We're not very kind in our banter sometimes, but it is just banter. But Freemasonry is something that we've bantered over for many years, mainly over the female-only thing. Um, and actually, I've had lots of conversations with him over the years about this, and I thought he'd be a perfect person. A because he's honest as the day, you know, uh, uh, honest as anybody comes. But but also he's been in the Freemasonry a long time, and and knows more about it than the than us who hypothesise. So good morning, Carl. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Nice to see you both. Yes. Mad dash this morning because I messed up my calendar, so I had to rush off and um, make my face half presentable on the thing. But it just shows you that's life. Sometimes we get we get little surprises, but there you go. So, Carl, tell us a little bit more about the Freemasons. Is it as satanic as some of us believe? Is it like people get inducted with their trouser leg up and an apron on, or is it very very different? <laughs> Straight in, Dawn, isn't she? There's no messing about there. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of questions there. Which one would you like to answer first? I want to start with the trousers and the apron. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. no, the thing is, the reason I asked that <laughs> question, Carl, is because I've been to a couple of Freemasons balls many years ago. My um, first husband's father was a, a big Freemason down in Maidenhead. And they I don't know whether they were winding up, but they used to say that, you know, you get inducted into the Freemasons with your trouser leg rolled up and an apron on. And I just wondered, was that true or is that a myth? Well, it's true. <laughs> wow. Love it. <laughs> So now I need you to explain. Well, it's difficult to explain because that's part of the bit that I can't particularly talk about, not because it's sinister or satanic in any way, but it's kind of part of the journey. So uh, it's symbolic uh, in terms of, of where you're going and what you're doing. And a lot of these things that you may ask me today may have um, secrets attached to them. I could give you the answers, but they don't mean anything if you don't know the questions. Yeah. So I could just read the whole thing out to you and it would mean absolutely nothing and have no impact at all. And to be fair, anything that you've asked me, you could probably find the answer to on the internet or someone's opinion on it. Um, but actually that process, um, the whole rolled up trouser legs and everything that people have been talking about for years, yeah, that, that is a part of it and there is a reason for that. And that becomes apparent when you go through the process. Um, it's only a brief thing that happens, and it happens for a reason and explained to you, etc. Um, is it a not... satanic reason? No. So okay. the, the satanic thing. That one up. Yeah. The satanic yeah. thing has always been um, uh, has always been a, uh, a source of amusement to me and and my fellow masons, really. In that in that it couldn't be further from the truth. Um, if I was to guess. If I was to guess where that originated from, it would probably be from 
from those who felt threatened by perhaps uh, the coming together or the, or the power of people coming together in terms of Freemasonry and saw it as a powerful community, um, which is something we can talk on as we go. Um, um, yeah, and we life, love but, communities anyway. I mean, yeah. I, I sometimes get a ribbon because, you know, as a marketing thing, one of the lines of my property business is, is supporting women in property. And when I first set up the group, which we bizarrely enough called Witch Property because it was a play on words and we were female, I got the odd little bit of of grief that I was, you know, I was being sexist, wasn't wasn't letting men in the group. It's like I still work with men, but that particular brand I work with women on, you know. But you, there's a lot of stick about there shouldn't be single sex group groups and communities these days. So tell us more about the Freemasons and why why people join it. Then Carl, well, Freemasonry. Um, I mean, if you can ask me why I joined it, it was a very simple. I'll explain to you why people join it, but why I joined it, it was a very simple um, equation, really. It was an opportunity to spend more quality time with my father. It was as simple as that. He was a Freemason or is a Freemason, uh, and it was an opportunity to get involved in something that he was interested in. He didn't even ask me or mention it to me until I was 40, uh, and he's been a Freemason since the uh, early to mid-70s. So he didn't ask me until the time was right. Uh, or he thought the time was right in my life, and he was probably right. If he'd asked me sooner, it wouldn't have suited me. And that's kind of how it started. I didn't have any preconceived idea um, as to what it would be about or even what it stood for or what it did. So I found that all out as I went. Um, things are a little bit more open now, and obviously with the interweb and everything else, there's there's a lot of information out There's a lot of misinformation but there's a lot of actual genuine information there, which helps people, um, which helps people establish what it's all about and whether they'd be interested in it or not. Uh, and and that's shown massively in the last three or four years, where the influx of inquiries and interest via the internet, via internet sites, or straight to the United Grand Lodge of England website, um, has has grown massively. That's grown massively. So we're now taking on initiates through that system, whereas always before it used to be as part of an introduction via someone who was already a Mason and so on and so forth, almost a referral situation. Um, so that's that's kind of moved forward massively just in the last three or four, maybe five years. Uh, and I, I guess that's that's the way that the world is now. That's the way that the world is now. And, you know, the, the opportunity to find out things without actually having to physically be there or physically know someone is something we can all do now. Yeah, that's why true. are they? Why are they inquiring? Why do you think you've had that that inquiry? Yeah, sorry, I've got to see. I already went down a rabbit hole there. That's yeah. <laughs> so. If you if you read, um, in fact, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to read you something that will, which I know, but um, it will make perfect sense. We so we're one of the oldest social and charitable organisations in the world, um, and we stand for principles. Integrity, friendship, respect, charity. I kind of see it as, as there being, I mean, I've just read that off a page there, but and, and it enhances um, quite nicely to, to explain it. But I guess you come for three reasons. You come for personal development, you come for a charitable interest, spiritual interest, or, or social. That's four really, isn't it? But that's part of personal development. Um, and so generally speaking, you come and experience what you want to experience and you get from it what you want from it. So there are people that come into Freemasonry because they've been involved in some kind of charity thing and seen where we're at with that, which is massive. Um, 
or they're quite interested in history or spiritual type stuff and they've seen that all over the internet uh, or someone that they know uh, and they've come for that. Um, uh, or, you know, just generally speaking, they like the whole social scene. And so from in that respect, they come for one reason and experience something else and then and then other stuff in it and it builds from there. And sometimes you find the reason that you came isn't the reason that you stay, which is which is quite interesting. Well, that's often the case, isn't it, though? You go to something and the reason you're there is not the reason you thought you were. For sure. So the, the female thing, and I'd love Tracy to lead with these questions. You and I, Carl, have... Um, had many conversations about this and uh, and and I think it's fascinating so the the understanding from the public at large that it's very sexist and women aren't allowed to join let's take it back a little bit let's take it back to the origins of freemasonry which are a little bit flaky because it goes back thousands of years as such but if we talk about modern freemasonry it's based on um so it's based on stonemasons, masons, stonemasons, okay? And if you think about stonemasonry, um, what little we would know of it in the modern age, but if you think about stonemasonry, all the posh houses, all the posh castles and buildings were made out of stone, whereas everything else was made out of wood, etc., or mud, back in back in medieval times, let's say. Let's, let's go back to that. And where we are with um, Freemasonry is that that we have the rough ashlar and the smooth ashlar. Do you know what a rough ashlar is and a smooth ashlar? No. Ashlars are the stones, the big stone blocks that they use to build castles, etc. They always started off as rough, okay, and they were expert craftsmen worked on them to make them smooth, to make the perfect castle or to make the perfect building. And then ultimately, the way that Freemasonry has adopted that is that we come in rough, ready to learn, ready to improve ourselves, and we smooth the stone out until we become better or we continue to become better. It's a part of self-development, okay? When you look at how that comes together and you look at the times in which that originated, there weren't very many female stonemasons because no. females had, had their position in life. They were the mothers, they were the homekeepers, etc., etc., and the men went out to work. So consequently, really, I guess it all built from there to be to be as it was, you know, we come out, the men do this and the women do that. Having said that, it's still a bit of a myth that's a men-only thing because I think in modern age, the women might have even done it first in terms of, of coming forward. It's not that they developed it, but particularly in France um, at one time, they, they in, let's say the 1700s, I think, the women decided they wanted to, to get involved in the Freemasonry situation as well. They formed their own lodges, co-lodges at the time, with the men and the women. And actually, it was the women that then chucked the men out. <laughs> they didn't want the men. So, so can I just, just to clarify, just so yeah. that anybody who is listening uh, hasn't uh, had any exposure to this, um, there is Freemasonry for, for men, but there is a co community that is for females only well let's yeah let's fast forward a little bit then before I, I go too far down the rabbit hole is, is that there is there is now uh and has been since the middle of the 20th century female masonry okay and they're quite happy with all female masonry so they don't particularly want the men to join and they don't particularly want to join the men okay and and, and as as society moves forward um that's becoming more and more popular and in fact the men in terms of business and charity and so on and so forth are, are working more with with the women than ever they have done um, and I guess that 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 really reflects changing trends because even if we go back 50 years 
the woman's place was still in the home to a certain degree. There were still roles that we played. We left school, the, the women got married, worked in factories or did whatever they did. They weren't having the massive careers. You know, it wasn't overly expected. And now we're on an equal fitting and, and, and that's no big deal for us in Freemasonry. Other people make a big deal of that. It's not. A- yeah. so my first yeah. exposure to this was, and I, I, I couldn't quite get my head around it, was the female lodges were in the same buildings. They were, yeah. but the official stance of the male Freemasonry was that they didn't acknowledge them as Freemasons. That was confusing to me until you and I had a conversation about it. Yeah, yeah. I think I, we do acknowledge their existence. No, uh, we, yeah. No, yeah. But you, uh, okay. So I was my interpretation of is it? Yes, you acknowledge their existence, which straight away as a male female thinks. Fuck you, frankly. I get a bit <laughs> thank for acknowledging my existence. But um, there seemed to be a, a a play on words that they didn't actually acknowledge those people as part of Freemasonry. And yet they, the girls were doing the same thing in the same buildings, just separately. Yeah. So they're in our buildings, they're on our websites. What What's there to not acknowledge? I mean, it's... I think people just get the knickers in a twist because it's still a separate thing. It's a separate female, it's a separate male thing. And I, I I, don't see anything wrong with men doing their own thing and women doing their own thing. I never have done. I don't want to join the Women's Institute particularly. This, yeah, and I don't suppose what, you want me. You no, know. and this is what's so <laughs> funny. When we look at society today, I mean, you think about it, it's only 60 years ago, 60 years ago, that's not that long, when a woman could not continue working when she got married that was society the world has changed but if you i see it that we get some outsider that will go this is wrong there shouldn't be male only there shouldn't be female only groups when actually the groups themselves are okay with that the men like their men groups the women like their women groups and there are groups that cater for both and I think in today's society, this argument of should a men-only group exist, should a female-only group exist, I think, quite frankly, it's a load of bollocks yeah. because the society has said, let each person be free, let each person determine what gender they want to be, what life they want to live, You know, as long as you're living it within the laws of the country. And yet there's still an element screams that it's wrong to have a female-only group and it's wrong to have a male-only group. It's not wrong. Nobody's saying that males should be excluded or females should be excluded. They're saying this particular community serves this particular group of people. And I think that's liberating. And for me, that is the freedom of today's world, that we're all liberated to take our own choices in life. Isn't that a good thing? I think it's a good thing. But, I mean, in mitigation, I mean, let's, let's, um, let's play devil's advocate a little bit. I get it. I understand that that maybe the attitudes of my predecessors were were very male-orientated and let's exclude the females. So the word exclusion was there rather than, you know, not acknowledge or whatever other words that play on words you want to use. And, and I think it was very much it. It's, and when you go to, let me just, when you go to maybe look at some of the very tight American um, Freemasonry groups, of which there's many, um, which we don't particularly associate with, they're, they're very, very heavy about you know a, a woman can't be a freemason that's it and the second you put a, a picture up of women meeting on a on one of their groups it's there's an outcry um 
So it's still kind so, so as a, as, a, as a man, because yeah. I know you personally and have done for a long time, your wife is very strong. Your right-hand person is Jenny, a, a female. You know, you and I have, have, have very easily been friends. Um, you, I, I know that you have no problem with strong women, that you see people as people and take them on their credit. And if they are brilliant at what they do, obviously that's why we're friends. Because obviously recognizes my brilliance right now i'm taking the mickey but but point being for you to be in freemasonry and for you to tell me that that the the sexism that's not where it's coming from i can accept it from you because i know you personally and i know you personally you don't live by those standards um equally i can see from the outside why perhaps some women would be less um uh, ready to listen to those things, uh, and it's a preconceived idea. I yeah. get it. I, I get. I get that that former generations were were more into the whole. It's got to be blokes, and that's it. Um, that's listen, young people. When when you talk about the average age now in Freemasonry, okay, I'm coming up fifty seven. I'm not exactly one of the young people in Freemasonry anymore. All right. So all these young people coming before me. They all come from uh, coming after me. They all come from a different world. These things yeah. don't bother them. They've got no. They've got no desire to to have segregation. They're quite cool with how it is. They're very happy. They've got a blokes thing they can go to, and it's a it's an evening where blokes get together and enjoy it. But they're very happy for the women to crack on with doing whatever they're doing. They don't devalue it. They don't see it as any less effective. It, it's just a. It's not even really a topic of conversation anymore. And when you look on um, the United Grand Lodge of England's site. They're very happy coexisting and, and doing what they're doing. It's, um, and to be fair, just to take it right back to the reasons that we do it, no one's suffering or getting any less out of it because there's only men in one group and only women in another group. They're still getting their social, they're still getting their charity, and they're still getting their spiritual out of it, and they're all very happy. So I, I, I can't really see the problem. And at that, um, and on that basis, you know, that's what that's what it's about. That group is for the social, the spiritual, the charity. Yeah. It, I think often the people that are complaining are are the ones that aren't actually in it. They're on the edges. They probably don't even want to be in it, but they just some people just complain because they can. That's how I see it. And also I think um I think the older I get, the more I appreciate this. There's a there's a massive benefit. Men should spend time with men and yeah. men should spend time with women. I think where the where the line is for me, if I was uh, discriminated against because I'm a because I'm a woman, you're going to feel the wrath of that. But but I think with large communities, I think it's you know it's great to have a female aspect and it's great to have a male. It's healthy. We well, want our own channels, don't we? At the end of the day, men want a channel with men and women want a channel with women. Yeah, that's right. I mean, let's take it one step further. We've even got a gender reassignment policy. I was going to ask you about that. I was yeah. gonna. It was one of my questions for later, but we might as well cover it now. Now that we're here, you know, there's been recent news with what Scotland's doing, and that's all up in the air at the minute. So, if you've got somebody that was born a male but is now a female, and vice versa, what's what's the policy in the Freemasons? Which group do they go to? If you're already a Freemason, and and then obviously, in it, as far as we're concerned, a male, and you gender reassign and you become a female, then you're still a Freemason. And so you won't be excluded, okay? And we're expected to act Masonically, which means with some integrity, some sympathy, 
some empathy. We're expected to to cover that um, as we should, as we're supposed to be as human beings. Don't get me wrong. The guy can't now turn up in a dress because there's a dress code. There's a dress code when we when we when we're meeting. So if you're still coming, you still got to abide by the dress code. There's a uniform the same as same as anything else that you do. Um, so, but if they're if if they're a male who become a female and they're already a mason, then that's fine. If you're not a mason, okay, and you're a male who's become a female, then you can't join. You would go to a female lodge, okay. What we wouldn't look to do is to exclude someone who'd made that choice when they're already a mason. That's so. That's that is brilliant. Kind of, I really I love yeah. that because you're acknowledging they're already in the community and who they are hasn't changed. No, that's right. That's right. And I think and I think if you've established friendships, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, why would you want to lose all that? Just because you've just because you've you know you you tackled a situation that you've got, um, or even uh, detackled. Sorry, yeah, yeah, or, yeah, detackled. <laughs> Dawn Willow. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I think I think if you are if you have the, you know if if this is if this is pre becoming a mason and you're looking to become a mason, then then probably the female route is, route is for you if you've become a female. But yeah. I wouldn't want to, exclude, yeah, we wouldn't want to exclude you if, you, if you've been a male Freemason for 10 years, we can't just suddenly throw you out because you, you've got an issue that's deeply personal to you. We yeah. wouldn't even really, it wouldn't be discussed if you, you know, there wouldn't be some kind of interview process or vetting process in terms of, it's, it's not really our business. You, it's, it's up to you to tell us where you're at with that and then we'd advise you on what to do. So I guess... That's early days for, for Freemasonry. You know, we're a big organisation and we're in a mod society and, and we can't um, uh, overlook these types of policies. Everybody has to have these policies if they're dealing with people uh, and that's where we're at now. And again, I, I re- I'll repeat what I said earlier on. No one really cares. No one, it's only, it's only, it will only be, you know, people people from generations further back who have got that that genuine fear or, or misunderstanding of of how it is in terms of cross dressing gender you know gender changing whatever it is that that will have a problem with that and but most freemasons now are, are young enough to have grown up with the development of that and they don't care either way yeah. it's not it's not a big deal again it's a problem for other people not us no yeah and i love that term masonic and the fact that accepting people for who they are because if you if you look at this gender issue i mean there's lots go on you know we we are still a society where we have got our older generation that have grown up in a different world mm. yeah grown up in a different society in terms of multiracial which is what we are now as a as a globe yeah grown up in a different society in relation to sexuality and that masonic word is brilliant because whilst while some of the older person's views don't sit right with today's society for me being masonic about it and being sympathetic to the fact that for them it's harder because of the world they grew up in i think yeah. is a wonderful little term i'm going to have yeah. to use that next time i get a controversial question i'm going to go i'm going to be masonic about that one <laughs> I think it's brilliant. I love it. I love it. It's it's part of the values that we strive for. I'm not saying that we don't fail every day because we all do. But the point is we strive for those type of values and and um, not everybody's perfect. None of us are, in fact. And so, therefore, that. but what it does, it makes you the type of stuff that we do and the type of ceremonies that we get involved with, et cetera, et cetera, it makes you it either clarifies points for you or it makes you question your reactions or the way you handle things or your outlook. Um, 
and that's kind of how it's quite beneficial. So there's two things there that I wanted to pick apart. We'll do sure. one after the other. The first is um, uh, the ceremony side. Can we get on, which I'd like to get onto afterwards. But first, you'd sort of said, you know, we like to live by these values, um, you know, and, and all the rest of it. And again, a preconception from the outside is that you're all a load of cronies who help each other up the ladder. Mm. And uh, you know, uh, if if there's a, a misdemeanor you, and the, you, you, another Freemasons, a magistrate or a policeman, they'll cover it up. And, you know, that whole crony, you scratch your my, my back, I'll scratch your back thing. Yeah. Masonic with, handshake. Well, with the ceremony side of things, that's I'd love in, I'd love Carl to go into me and Carl have had some great conversation about that before. But I wanted to just cover off that perception that it was a group of old cronies scratching each other's backs uh um and 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 giving each other a leg up the ladder and covering it up when there's a misdemeanor i think this is my personal view on this wherever there's powerful people there's going to be cronyism of some form okay so the the thing that we always experience is that if something occurs if a misdemeanor occurs and someone's a mason it's a masonic conspiracy if they were all bakers, it wouldn't be a baker's conspiracy, would it? No. Do you know what I'm saying? And 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 so it's it's a convenient platform to you know it's a convenient platform to, to find blame. You know, it's 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 funny handshakes this and it's and it's magistrates getting people off. I've never heard of it or seen of it in 16 years. In fact, I know people that have, who are magistrates who stepped out when someone's come in because they know them or because they know them to be a Freemason. Um, and I get there was a period where um, the police, if you're in the police force, they got a little bit funny if you didn't declare um, that you were a Freemason and, and in many cases didn't want you to be a Freemason. But there's a better understanding of that now uh, because there was a perceived favouritism or yeah. it, it just doesn't it just doesn't happen. When you talk about looking after um, each other, well, of course we do. We're a community. So. But that we... happens. That happens in in any community. Yeah. Carl um, and I share a community in work and we know each other and so if either one of us had uh, a problem we wouldn't uh, we don't we don't do things to cover up for each other because we no, don't but you help each other that's what community right. out. exactly right. what, you know, we're part of the same so that does I think maybe the combination of the conspiracy theory and how big and powerful Freemasons are and because it's so male it's very it's the old boy network. They look to rule the world, uh, da 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 da, and and how and, and and there's a lot of that, of that going on. Um, but you don't have that experience at all. I don't have it at all. I we talk. There, there's talk, isn't there? There's always been talk of Illuminati. Does anybody actually know what the Illuminati were? Maybe. Okay, so so the Illuminati Beyonce, created. Maybe Beyonce and Jay Z know. No, I'm going back to ancient Illuminati, no, original Illuminati. Yeah, Get a grip on yourself, Dawn. I think it got touched on a few on in a few of the Dan Brown novels, but still didn't become clear as to what they really were. Right. So the reality is it, it's one bloke who decided that he wanted to be a little bit subversive in Bavaria, probably in the 1700s, I think. Okay. And and he was a Freemason. And he decided to break away from the Freemasons because that value didn't suit those values didn't suit him. He wanted to be sub subversive. He wanted to smash authority. He wanted to he wanted to to be someone who took on everyone in authority and then became more powerful than them. And so he went on and did that. It probably lasted a year. 
and then it's trickled through for the next 300 years in one form or another. But actually, the reason it's it's then pitched in as a Masonic conspiracy is because he was a Mason for five minutes. And yeah. that's all it is. That's all it is. Although I don't think that it would be a shock if we looked at governments and big corporates and that level of power within the world, global power. I don't think it would be a surprise that there are, you know, these little syndicates of multi, multi, multi-billionaire people that affect government policy and run the world. And and therefore, because of how big Freemasonry is, it also wouldn't be a surprise if some of those individuals were also in the Freemasons. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, I bet they're all in a golf club as well. Yeah, and I said the golf club has a similar thing. And if, if you think about it, you said about the, the big and powerful thing, Dawn, you know, they, to some degree, it, it's coincidence and mutual exclusion. Because if you think about it, Freemasons is one of the oldest groups there is. So it's quite understandable that a lot of big and powerful men would have joined it. Does that mean the Freemasons are behaving big and powerful? Or is it simply that many of their members initially were big and powerful men? It's exactly that. It's exactly that. When, when you go back to 1700s, I think we're going back to where there were two Grand Lodges. Um, as I said, that it's sketchy as to how how it was originated. But if we talk about modern Freemasonry, there were two Grand Lodges amalgamated into one by the 1800s. And um, there would there would clearly be a lot of powerful people yeah. involved with that. And let's just touch on the secrecy side while we're at it. There, It wasn't particularly secret then. It wasn't particularly secret in terms of certainly the stuff that I said earlier on that we can't really talk about because yeah. it's, it's, giving you, it's giving you answers to questions you don't know. Um, and there's a reason for that. But... But the secrecy, the actual secrecy angle, and this modern myth of of it, it's it's a it's a sinister secret society. It came from two world wars, in particular the Second World War, because Adolf Hitler had decided that Masons were too powerful, and he started executing them. So uh-huh. he started to wipe out Freemasons, particularly over uh, in Eastern Europe. Okay, and when he was on his way to us, it was important that we went underground. So as we weren't dragged from our houses, the same way that the the Jews were persecuted, yeah. because he was any anything that was that was potentially powerful or potentially influential was being destroyed in his way. So, so that took years and years and years for us to come out of that, and we're only really just coming out of that now. I think previous generations weren't that fussed about becoming less secret about it that you know it's only really now that we say well actually that, that ain't what we do that's not what we're about what and then people have created their the, you know the myths have exploded from there onwards and I get it I get everything that I see and read I get that there is uh, I don't know it all comes up doesn't it paedophile rings devil worshippers the whole thing that all involve masons I think I'm sure that some of yeah. that, though, to a large degree, is society as a whole, not any individual, but as a as a generic thing as a whole, society tends to want to uncover something that's secret just because yeah. it's secret. But now I understand. I never knew about that World War things, but it yeah. it makes sense. And it when you look at all the charitable things that Freemasons and Women's Institute and lots of other groups do. It isn't, you know, for me, it's far better to look at how great they are because of all the wonderful things they, they do than look at this. Some people want to unearth the secret side of it. But, but, 
But there are still massive amounts of secrecy. And I know this for a fact because I've tried to get stuff out of you before. <laughs> but, but, it's, not really. but, but not really. But not really. You always say, you always say, I will never lie, but you have to ask the right question. How the fuck it, you don't, I don't know what fucking question to fucking ask. And you know that. Well, there but you go. There, there is a, no, but it, that's like a bit of a politician's answer. So I understand the World War thing. Marvellous. We're not in World War anymore. Hitler's not going to kill anyone. Why can't we know the stuff that had become secret? You do. You have. No, because it's, it's all out there. It's all out there. The only thing, the only thing that we can't really talk about, it's all out there, Dawn. Because you think that you don't, you don't know anything about it. Yeah, it's all out there. You could, you could read almost all it. You just you, have to know the right questions to ask. No, that, that, so that's going beyond it slightly. That's part of that's that's part of ceremonial stuff. Yeah, and it's and it's kind of something and nothing really. When if you actually got to know about it, you'd go, oh right, so it's, is that it? That, but it so means something. It so means more to me. What can you tell us about the ceremonial stuff? Because I think that bit is the bit that spurns on the whole, it's satanic, it's a secret society, blah di da di da So what right. can you tell us about the ceremony? Listen to this then. Listen Lots to this. There are three degrees of Freemasonry. Okay. okay. And they're based on the whole they're based on the whole stonemasons thing. Bear with me a second. I've got someone coming through here who's gonna get on my nerves and start blinging. There you go. Good. So you join Freemasonry as you would a stonemason, an entered apprentice. You're an apprentice, okay? And um, you complete the first degree, and that is really all about the responsibility of you to look after those who are less fortunate than you. And so the whole ceremony is based on that. Because it's ceremonial and symbolical, there are... You know, if you were if you were going into a, we, we're talking about going back to an Egyptian times now, which is where the ceremonies are sometimes based on, is is you you would go into a temple. If you had to get to certain levels of the temple, you'd have to know passwords. You can read all this up, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and that's what those ceremonies are about. You move into different levels to do different things. And so until you know what you've done in as an entered apprentice. And you grasp that you can't move on to the next part, which is what with the second degree, where you become a fellow craft. The fellow craft is kind of like the intermediate guy who's who's doing stuff a little bit better as a stonemason, um, and it, it encourages you to to better yourself through education and focus on your self development. Um, that's what that second part does. Okay, and then when you've become a fellow craft and you've been through that period for a period of time, you then take your third degree. And your third degree it teaches you how to use all of this and and in life uh, and wisely and and to be remembered for the good things you did um, and to well, to be remembered for the right reasons really is what is what it's about and that's when you become a master mason and so the gloves the and the gloves and the aprons the gloves and the aprons and the, the people to wear it's all very ceremonial stone masons wore gloves and aprons did, yeah I knew where the aprons had come yeah, so from that's it's and, it's and also the word craft isn't witchcrafty it's it's the craft of it comes from the masonry language presumably yeah, yeah. yeah that's right yeah craftsman and so you can't let what well, you you don't do the ceremonies publicly because it's such personal individual journeys and part of that is that freemasons have to learn those ceremonies as part of their thing yeah so, so you have to go through the ceremony 
So you have to go through the ceremonies and then as you move forwards as a Freemason in the Lodge, you become a part of that ceremony. You become an officer at a certain level to then take part in that ceremony. And it's a bit like a, I suppose it's a bit like a play. It's an acting job. Yeah. I think and if you look... I think if you look back as well to when Freemasons began and how they grew up in terms of how that community grew up, that started and grew up and developed in a in a world that was religious. So it's no surprise to me that what's in part of how you move through Freemasonry are ceremonies in the same way that you have ceremonies in a church or a synagogue or whatever you know, yeah. those ceremonies are based on that religious aspect. Well, we're, very, we're ceremonial as human ceremonial, beings. Ceremonial, yeah. You know, christening, right. marriages, funerals, birthday party. Like, so in, we are yeah. ceremonial. So in the same way that there is a set of things that you do at a wedding if you're going to a Catholic versus a um, Protestant church, etc., the ceremonies yeah. are different. They've got their own way of doing things. But ultimately, the ceremonies for that community, just like in the Masons, they've got their ceremonies for their communities. And yes, a modern day group beginning now where not all the world is as religious, um, you know, there's not as much churchgoers as there would have been in the day that the Masons came in. You'll have communities now that don't necessarily have the same kind of ceremonies because a lot of the community, they don't have the history. The community aren't necessarily religious. That's right. And I, I, I get why, you know, groups like that have got their ceremonies because a lot of the people that started this and went to the Freemasons eons ago were also probably big churchgoers. Well, to a degree, although we don't, we don't discuss religion and we don't discuss politics yeah. in lodge. We don't because they're because they're divisive. So we're not there to be divisive. But do you get where I'm coming from in terms I get where of you're coming from. probably what, come yeah. from that era? What we're talking about is setting is setting standards for, yeah. for everything that religion has become, and it's mostly been destroyed by humans. Yeah. Um it, for everything, if you take it back to its purest form, if you look at the Bible and you look at the purest in its purest form before it was used to scare people, to control people, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, when you look at it in its purest form a lot of what's in the Bible are moral teachings that, that actually are simple and they work. This and actually, you know, I've just done a, a, a little tiny paragraph in my book regards uh, uh, some, some bits and bobs. And actually, Jesus uh, doesn't talk about religion at all. He talks about relationships and connection and values and, and how yeah. to live, uh, live, live for a good force. And and that's relationships and community, isn't it? Which is exactly well, it is, and I, and I think you know um, because of the way that we approach that, it doesn't matter what your religion is. If you're coming to us, there's going to be a point where you have to swear, you have to take an obligation. So you're going to be swearing on the Bible, the volume of the sacred law, as we call it. Um, uh, and uh, but if your Bible is different to mine, you put your Bible on the table and swear on that. It's no problem. It's no issue. Don't you find it interesting, Tracy, that there's bits of it, that there's this, 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 this historical, deeply steeped, ceremonial, blah, 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 blah. But actually, when you start asking what policies they are and what values they are, they're quite pro progressive. Am I, they're, uh, they're very progressive. Am I just said that? It, they are very progressive. And what I love about it is, you know, they don't exclude, you know, religion and politics aren't part of the the little area 
And but they're respecting that people may have a religion, so you bring your version of the Bible, etc. I mean, I think you know, it's brilliant. I, I think don't even it's, expect to do that. I think it's only been recently in courts that they've yeah, it, like you never. So I think well, also, I mean, sorry, if you, if you take for instance, and let me let me really nail it down here is that is that when we're in lodge, okay, there is there is no conflict. If someone asks you how they are, how you are, they genuinely are asking how you are. They're not just asking you for the sake of it and moving on to the next conversation. They generally want to know. There's no conflict. There's no desire for conflict. And in fact, you need to take it out if there's going to be any conflict. If you've had conflict outside, you don't bring it in. And which is why there's a, there's a reasonably famous case of two prime ministers or one, one was a prime minister and one was a former prime minister who ended up meeting in the same lodge. One was a Tory and one was a, con one was a Conservative and one was a Labour. And yet, whilst, whilst they ripped each other to bits in the House on a daily basis, when they came in the evening, they ate and drank together and had the common interest. Which is how lovely, and that is community. I've got one little bit before we wrap up, if I may, Carl, because I yeah. didn't know the Freemasons even had a female collective as well until one of uh, somebody that I knew was talking about the fact that she was in the Masons. And I went, hold on, isn't that for blokes? And she said, no, there is female lodges as well. Um, but I know they had difficulties. They've been, they've been a Mason, a female Mason for over 20 odd years. And I don't, I, I don't know if this is a female trait and that's what I'm believing it probably is, as opposed to being a Masonic trait. But recently, she has really struggled because some of the females in her lodge have started being big bullies. So is that a Masonic thing or is that a female thing? I think it's a people thing. I think it potentially can happen anywhere. Yeah. Every lodge, because a lodge, don't think of a lodge as, as a physical thing. A lodge is a, is a gathering of people in a temple or, yeah. or in a or in a dining room, okay? So, and it's down to those people living in that bubble of that particular lodge to make sure that that type of thing doesn't happen. So you, you've got a hierarchical, hierarchical process in terms of, of who's at what level. Those, are, those more experienced people need to be taking care of that if that's happening. And I guess that could happen anywhere. Is it a female thing? I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. I, I'm, sure, I'm sure the blokes are more than capable of that. Um, in fact, they probably invented it. But it's... <laughs> Yeah, but but I I just think I think that she could possibly your friend could step out and go to another lodge and be perfectly happy because not to stop yeah. you doing that you just if you find there's somewhere else that's got more of a common interest there's you know this without we might we'll have to do a part two ladies because there's yeah. loads of stuff there but there's you know loads, you could, isn't there? yeah you could you, you go to specialist lodges that are more interested in horse racing car racing sailing or whatever it is and you'll and if that's what you like or golf lodge or sports lodge or whatever it is football lodge they're, they're doing that type of thing now oh. and so so people of common interests can get together more and yeah. so you, 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 there's no there's nothing to stop you leaving one lodge and joining another if you feel that the that the interest is better elsewhere um if you're having those types of problems you know we have committee meetings every month that's the time to bring it up if you, you know if you feel there's a bullying situation going on it's got to be addressed and that's it and I, I would say this it's not I mean you know I see it I love that term people thing because it is a people thing and it's not just a Masonic thing um, but yeah she has been happily a female Mason for almost 25 years she loves it she told me about it 
and and she's dealing with her little temporary quirks um and i know yeah. that she's getting help inside the masons but i think it's brilliant because i've learned today in the last what 40 50 minutes that this might have once been a secret society. People might still think it's a secret society. And we're always intrigued by secrets. We always want to know the detail because yeah. we're curious. But do you know what? I've also learned this is a very progressive community of people that are there to help people grow and to give back to society. And I love yeah, it. That's what we exist for. And we haven't even spoken about the charity yet. Oh, uh, we, okay. We're definitely going to have to do an, another session at some point, Carl, for sure. But, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. I'd like to do that. So, um, in the show notes, we'll put any links uh, in your, you know, when we go live with this. Uh, so, uh, we'll put all of your links in there for anybody who's interested, be it female or male, whether they want to join the Freemasonry, and in fact, if they want to connect with Carl on his Facebook profile or whatever, and we'll stick all of those links in the uh, show notes. Brilliant. Always happy. Oh. Always happy to talk. Thank you very much for coming on. Um, I think we'd love to do another one basically around the charity side of it because I think that's a really brilliant topic, giving back. Um, but, yeah, thank you very much for joining us. It's been insightful. Um, and on that note, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Thank you for your company and to share your spandex and stiletto stories with us, tag at Real Women Podcast on Instagram. <laughs>